We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. How you doing? You good? Have a good Christmas. Do you know what day it is? Not sure. Monday. <laughs> My alarm went off this morning and, and, and I said, oh, why is it going off for? That's ridiculous. I turned it off. I didn't recognise what day it was and I had to, it's a slight rush. My wife's birthday today. That's what I should have remembered, shouldn't I? Happy birthday. <laughs> New Year's Eve, we'll put on some fireworks for her tonight. It's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Yep, yep. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Um, hope you all had a, a good Christmas, a good week, and uh, I wasn't here last week on Christmas Eve because I put our drossing and just want to say again, just such a, a, such a well done to everyone, a part of Carol's by the sea. He was at Carol's? Yep. yep. Uh, can we just give a hand to the team that was a part of that? And, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge event. And then the paperwork starts in July. You're booking food vans. You're doing paperwork for the fireworks. The band's rehearsing. People are setting up. And uh, uh, phenomenal work, everyone who was a part of it. So many people. And so just such a big well done uh, we had a, a two weeks ago, I think, Sunday at Edithburg, and then the following Wednesday at our Drossen, and uh, it was such a great event. So well done, everyone, a part of that. And uh, until next year, eh? Go carols again. And uh, I was still singing them this week. They were in my head so much. And we, we took down the tree, and Nancy said, should we have Christmas again tomorrow? I said, um, probably not. And uh, <laughs> that's where we are. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Who's a resolution maker? Any, anyone? Lose 10 kilos, don't gain 10 kilos, go outside more, read more books, a Drossen football club to make finals, that's one of mine. It's happening, the ruse are on the move. And uh, I, I, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky today and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set your resolution for you. You don't have a choice. And uh, whether, you, whether you're here or on holiday, you get it. And so, congratulations. And uh, what, if, uh, what if next year our plan, our mission was simply just to know God more? Just to know God more. Because who knows what's going to happen, right? And I know none of us, not many of us set things, because we break them in a week. We've learned that by now, right? We know not to diet. Because we still got like, some of us have got a week of holidays, that's going to go out the window by Tuesday. So let's not set those kind of goals. But what if we just had a plan and mission just to really simply know God more? Because who knows what's going to come this year, right? We're in control of like nothing. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. We don't know what the weather's going to do. We don't know what work's going to be like. Uh, we don't even know how our family are going to act after time, <laughs> Right? We're in control of our attitude, but we, what if our, our, our goal, our aim, was just to simply just to know God more? Just to know God more. Let's pray. Lord, we just, uh, we just come around your word, your, your heart today. Lord God, I pray that you just uh, help us to know you more, know your love, your power, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Know God more. As family, as friends, individually, as a church, to know God more, to become closer to God to grow in understanding and experience, to walk with Jesus closely. 
When we know God, when we walk with Jesus, when we follow Jesus, it's like turning the light on. Everything makes a bit more sense when we walk closely with Jesus. You know, when you, when you have light, dead things stop growing. I don't know if you had any kids that kept their lunch in their lunchbox over the Christmas holidays, right? In the dark school bag in the corner of the room and then you open it up and all sorts of stuff growing on it, right? Dead, gross things grow in the dark. When there's light, it brings life. You know, dark alleyways are only scary because they're dark. I don't know, they're just streets. Right. And so when the light of Jesus comes, it's safer, you know, it, it, it's, it gives you a different perspective. Remember as a kid, you see that shadow in the corner and you think Frankenstein's coming to get you. It's just a lamp. But a light brings perspective. A light brings help. A light brings safety. Sometimes the temptation when our kids wake up to go to the toilet or you need an appy change is to not put, turn the lights on because it ruins your sleep, right? So you try and do it in the dark. Well, after you stub your toe for the fifth time and you miss the bin, and you just turn the light on and get on with it, right? And when the light's on and when the light's off, the mess is still there, but at least you can see it, right? When we turn the light on, when we follow Jesus, it brings perspective, it brings safety. This year to know God more. See, when we know God more, when we know him first and foremost, it blesses every other part of our life. Blesses our relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our work, our finances, our health, our thought life. And it's a good, it's a good resolution because it, it, it applies to everyone. Whether it's your first day in church or you've been here 70 years, there's more of God to know. There's more love to experience. There's more peace to experience. There's more transformation. There's more generosity. There's more revelation. There's more purpose. Know God more. You know, as a church, we're going to do things to help cultivate this. We're going to, uh, we're going to have short courses. We're going to have resources. And in February, we're actually going to have a, a month of kind of prayer and fasting. And, and I don't know what you've experienced of that before, but the, the heart of that is simply just to know God more. You might think fasting, how the heck am I going to fast for a month? No, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying, you know, what, what if we as a family replaced... Uh, half an hour of watching TV and reading the Bible together. What if we, as a church individually, would know God more? But it has to be an individual decision to act, to prioritise. It never just happens. I don't know if you've noticed that. Nothing ever just happens, does it? If anything just happens, it's usually negative, right? <laughs> Nothing just happens. Nothing just, uh, we don't just magically lose weight. We don't just magically build our back. We don't, we don't just magically form. We don't just, it doesn't just happen growing and knowing God more. We have to be purposeful, individually and corporately. Next year to know God more. I felt drawn to a passage today, and, and it's one of my favourites. My brother actually used to tease me. He used to say, I used to preach on it every week in youth. That's probably because of one you. The, the story of the prodigal son. If you've been around church, you've probably heard it. And if you haven't been around church, you've probably heard it as well. And it's a term used in the world, the prodigal. It's actually more about the dad than the son. But we're just going to read it today. And our heart, my heart is that we uh, see it with fresh eyes and God speaks to us. And so we're just going to read it. It's a story Jesus was telling. And uh, we're going to read it. He actually told a few stories in a row. This is the third story just to really bring the, 
bring the point home. We're going to read it from Luke 14, verse 11. Uh, it says, I will stay, go, go to 14, please. Here we go, next one. All right, I'm just going to read what I've got here. I'm getting a bit confused. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Dads, how would you feel? Not even gone yet and they want half of what you got, right? A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father, and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. And he said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard the music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. I don't believe that, by the way. But anyway, and, uh, and all that time, you've never gave me one of your young goats for a feast of my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back from squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and he is found. You know, the, the most famous person in the story is often the youngest son who goes away wastes it on wild living in the mud with the pigs comes home right the prodigal we pray for people we we celebrate that we 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 hold that story and that's great and there's never a bad time to turn to God and there's never a mess that's so messy that God won't embrace us restore us and bring us back that is a hundred percent true but the older son he never left. He stayed at home the whole time, but in a strange way, he was just as lost. He was home, he did the right stuff, didn't say naughty words, didn't talk back, right? Very Christian. But he really was just as lost. He didn't know his dad. Didn't know his dad. You know, we can 
If we're not careful, we can attend church, we can serve, we can even read our Bibles, but not know God. But not know God. God is our perfect Father in heaven who has abundant life. He's got more love, more miracles, more peace, more wisdom, more mission. He's got more for us. Let's never be a church, let's never be Christians who come to church, sing the song, say the right thing, but don't know God. Because there's always more. More love, more peace, more wisdom, more understanding, more mission. God's got miracles to do in you and through you. More mission for your workplace, your community, more breakthrough. More. God has more. He's got a fruitful business. He's got freedom from that habit, freedom from that family impact, fruitfulness and blessing for your relationships, greater understanding of his love. God's got more. Will we know him more? Will we know him more? Just a few quick points about the Father, this this God who we can know more. God is looking for you and running to you. I love in this story that the Father, he's at home looking for his son. The son didn't text ahead, right? The son didn't text ahead. He didn't know if the son was coming or not. He was at home looking, wanting, yearning for his son to return. That's the, that's the Father's heart towards you and me. That's the whole point of the gospel communion, that God loved us, that he came to earth for us, that Jesus laid down his life for us, that he took sin and death onto himself so me and you can have life by Jesus. We're forgiven, we're restored. God did this for you and me. The Father ran to his son. You know, dads in that day didn't run. They'd have to pull up their tunic, show their knees, Right, you see knees everywhere now, not in those days, right? Pull out their tunic. It was indignant. If you're a father, you don't run. That's for children. But this father who was looking, searching, he sees his son return. He doesn't care. He just runs to his son. And that's God's heart for you and me. He's looking for us. He's running towards us. God's heart is to know us. Not just visit us once a week or once a fortnight or at Christmas. God's heart is to know us, walk with us, bring life, bring forgiveness, bring restoration. God's looking for us. But how easy is it to become like the older brother? Know the info, know the stories. If you've been around church, you might have heard a sermon on this like 50 times. Right? If you've been to youth 65 times when I was there. Right, it was all I had. Right, we've been there, we know it, we know, yeah, Jesus died, he rose, yeah, Christmas baby Jesus, got it. Right? But will we know God? Know the Father? Because his heart's to know you. He's looking for you, he's running towards you. Right. Next one, God is wanting to embrace you. I don't know the general family makeup, but back then, but I, I don't imagine families in the Middle East were that affectionate. <laughs> Not many are today. <laughs> but the father runs, kisses, hugs, embraces his son. You know, God wants to embrace you. God wants to embrace you. He wants to pour out his love, his comfort, peace and strength. He wants to bring healing to your body, mind, to trauma. But have you ever been... Have you, have, you, have you ever hugged someone who didn't want to be hugged? 
Right? Have you ever done that? You're going for the hug and... Or maybe it was at Christmas and your, and your strange auntie or uncle came and gave you a hug and a kiss and you're just trying to dodge it. Right? Right? I used to have one of them. But uh, it's a bit awkward, isn't it? Right? You just want to get out of there. Right. God wants to embrace you. Not in a weird, soppy way, but he wants to bring life into every part of you. But that kind of closeness, embrace, it doesn't just happen, does it? Now, I like saying hello to people. We live up near Odrosson and you, you walk down the street and you say hello across the street. Hey, yep, yep. I don't run over and hug everyone I see. That'd be weird, right? Go past Carter's and go and hug Luke. He wouldn't like that. And then go up to Hardware and Jake wouldn't like a hug. That'd be a bit strange, right? Hugs are for people you're, you're close, you're tight with, even if you're not a hugger. Right, you're going to hug someone. Right. And that takes time. If, if we're going to be embraced by God, if we're going to allow God into every part of our life to bring life, God wants to bring life to every part of us. Our marriage, our finances, our thought life, our health, God, uh, our future, our past. God wants to bring life. We've got to get close. We've got to give it time. Have you ever hug someone and are a bit sweaty? It's a strange question to go with me. It's really gross. Right, you should try it. No, like it's... I coach footy and, and you win, you have a hug and I'm not sweaty because I've just been yelling at them from the bench. And they're all sweaty, they stink, there's a bit of blood if you're not careful and you get all sorts on you. Right. Yeah, when you hug, you've got to be vulnerable. You know, if you want God to be in your life, He wants to bring life even to the... Even to the messy stuff, even to the yucky stuff. You know, this year I believe that some of us have been living with stuff from our family and habits that we can find freedom when we get close to God this year. Will we know God? The older son was home the whole time, but he didn't have that closeness. Will we know God? You know, God's heart is to restore you and adopt you into his family. You know, the son comes home and they bring a robe, sandals, ring, right? And there's a lot of different meaning in that. If you really summarise it, it's all about restoration, really. And basically, when this son entered back in the house, he entered in as a son. He messed up, he wasted he did all the wrong things, but the dad put a new robe on, new sandals, a new ring, and he came back here not as someone who'd messed up, not as a servant, not as a ringin. Right? Some of our families got ringins, right? The person you got to invite for Christmas, right? Not a ringin, not an obligation, right? The son came back into the home as a son. And that's the good news of Jesus that when we believe and follow Jesus, we're forgiven. We're restored and we're given life. So when we believe in Jesus, when we come into God's presence, we are a son, a daughter of God. We're not a ring-in. We're not an obligation. We're not coming in as a servant. We're coming in as a child of God when we believe in Jesus. God restores you. He gives you life. Now, God's our perfect Father in heaven. You know, the week after Christmas, if, if you're like us and got young kids, it basically revolves around playing with the toys that your kids got, right? 
and God, God forbid someone gives your kid a toy that they need two people to play with something, because then you've got to play with it all week. Right. Like, it's good for a bit, but... Uh, but Christmas morning, Boxing Day, that's about building everything. And then you've got to fix stuff they break or you didn't build properly, right? <laughs> fix the bike that wasn't quite, <laughs> quite steady. And you're playing toys and you're having fun. And we just had the best week just hanging out and doing family stuff. And, and most of the time, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty available. I love my kids. I love playing with them. They, they, probably, they probably got it pretty good. But I'm a, I'm a deeply flawed person. But God's our perfect Father in heaven. right? Our Father in heaven. He wants to be with you and me. He wants to bring life. He's not shunning us away. When my kids are naughty, I still love them. When they've been a bit of a pain, when they're not going to bed, I still love them. They're my kids. But God's our perfect Father in heaven who wants to restore and bring life. And last little point, God wants to celebrate with you. He wants to sit down and have a feast. I love how they come in, the Father throws a feast. That's God's heart whenever we turn towards Him. That's incredible, He celebrates. But it goes a step further. Jesus didn't just come and, and live and die so we could just punch our ticket to heaven, you know, hop on the train, ride out the days on earth. <laughs> right, isn't it? That's just like scratching the surface. Jesus came so we could have abundant life, heaven on earth. And that only happens when we know God. Because it takes time. Abundant life, heaven on earth, doesn't just happen. I'll give you an example. I know lots of Christians who believe in Jesus, but they're still really angry. I don't think that's very abundant. <laughs> right? And so as we know God more, he leads us and transforms us to have abundant life, heaven on earth. He teaches, leads us how to have peace when we shouldn't. How to have strength when we're weary. He transforms us to become more Christ-like. He heals hurts. He, he brings peace. He brings joy. He leads us to, to share the gospel, to love our neighbours, to serve. Abundant life, heaven on earth, healing, doors of opportunity, miracles. But that abundant life, and there's feasts all throughout the Bible. And particularly, Jesus always talks about feasts and meals. And they always represent the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, heaven on earth. And we're invited to sit at the table, to have abundant life with Jesus, but it takes time. It takes knowing God. This year, will we know God? You know what a good indicator is of if, how close we are to God? It's how we view and love people. You know, Jesus was telling these stories to two groups of people. One is notorious sinners. I love the word notorious. I don't know how you become a sinner and upgrade to notorious, but you have to be pretty, pretty impressive, I think. So he's got a bunch of not just sinners, but he's got a bunch of notorious sinners right? Probably tax collectors slash mobsters and prostitutes, and, right? And then he's got all these religious leaders, <laughs> right? Two get along pretty well. And they're both lost, and God's heart is they'll both be found. 
What's to be found? To be found is to know God. That's where we're made to be. To be lost is to not know God. As simple as that. Because we're created to know God. Now the problem with the religious leaders is they had no time, no value, no appreciation, no celebration for the notorious sinners. See, there was people in Jesus' day who were accepting his gospel, who were following him, and they had all sorts of a background, and the religious leaders couldn't hack it. Right. And they were like the older brother. They, they knew the law better than we would. They knew all the details. They knew of God, but they didn't know God because if they knew God properly, they'd love who he loved. So what's a really good indicator if we know God? Our love for our neighbours. How we celebrate when people know Jesus. Are we cynical or judgmental? Or are we full of life or encouragement? See, this year, New Year's resolution, know God more. Spend time with God. He's a father in heaven who's looking for you, who's running towards you. He's wanting to embrace you. He wants to restore and bring life. He wants to celebrate you. That's God's heart for you and me. Let's never be like the older brother just sitting at home, knowing all the info but not knowing the father's heart. You know, God's got more peace, more joy. He's got more transformation. He's got more freedom. He's got life. He's got more mission. He's got more purpose for you. He's got more miracles to do in you and through you. God's a God of more. If you're on this earth, it's for a reason. It's because God's got a purpose for you. If you're still breathing, it's for a reason. Right, God's got more. God's got more for you. Will we know him? So my simple question for you to kind of consider is what are you going to do about it? Because nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. Our Father in heaven yearns to know us, walk with us, bring us life, transform, bring miracles. Will we know him more? So we've got to do it together. We've got to do it together. Will we know God more? Will we spend time with God? What's that going to look like for you? It looks different for everyone. Will you know God more? I wonder if the keys could just come. That would be great. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Right, we're going to have a baby. That's going to happen. Drossen will make the finals in footy. That's going to happen. Right? Anything else up in the air? Who knows? Right. <laughs> I hope and pray my family's healthy and happy. Hope and pray we all grow together in faith and Hope and pray it rains when it meant to and doesn't when it's not meant to. And hope when you go back to school, everyone treats you well. Hope when you teach, the naughty kids are in the other class. No. Maybe they're meant to be in your class. Who knows? But we can know God more. His heart's to know us. His heart's to bring us life bring restoration what does that look like maybe it's getting back to that daily time of God
Maybe it's getting a mate, getting a friend and, and encouraging each other in faith. What does it look like? Maybe it looks like study. Maybe it looks like, I don't know. I don't know. Will we know God more? As I was um, praying and preparing uh, this week, this is kind of um, a little bit different what I'm saying, but God just kept putting on my heart the word seasons. Uh, and I was praying and, and uh, the word seasons, seasons kept coming up. And uh, I feel God put on my heart that there's some people who have been in a, like a winter season. See, life's full of seasons. We have the seasons on earth, but it, biblically there's seasons, there's reaping, there's sowing, there's, there's different seasons in life. There's seasons we go through when we have kids and we don't have kids and we work. You know, there's different seasons in life, but sometimes we can be in a winter season where things just feel a bit cold, a bit dead, like you're just going through emotions. And I don't know if you've been in that place, but I, as I was praying, I just couldn't drop the feeling that in this next little time, there's a shift from winter to spring. And if you've been in a bit of a winter season, if it's, if it's been a bit of a slog, if you're feeling a bit uninspired, I just want to encourage you to keep going, but there's a shift in season for you. There's new life coming. There's new opportunities coming. Keep walking with God. If that's you, I just want to pray for you, actually. And uh, maybe if that's you, if you just feel that, actually, in my spirit, in my life, I just, it's, just been, it's just been a bit like winter. It's feeling a bit long. It's feeling a bit dead. I just had enough. I, I just want to pray for you because I believe God's got something new. I believe he's got something more for you. I believe he's got uh, a new revelation, new, new giftings, new opportunities, new fruit, new life. If that's you, I just want you to put out your arms in front of you, where you're sitting, and I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, I thank you, God. God, I thank you that every season has a purpose. And some seasons we have all the fruit and things happen, and some seasons are about preparation, and some we don't even know what's going on, Lord God. But God, I thank you that you are our King, you are our Lord, you are our author of all. And Lord God, I pray for those who feel like they've been in a bit of a slog, who feel like they're just doing, going through the motions, just getting through the days, Lord God, because there's new life coming, there's new growth coming, Lord God, there's new opportunities, there's new fruit, Lord God. So God, I pray right now, I pray you just fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you fill them with your life. God, strengthen them to continue to walk, strengthen them to continue to follow you, to love you, love their neighbour. And be with them, and I'll just speak new life. New life. God, as a church and individually, we want to know you more. We want to know your love more. We want to know your purpose more. We want to understand your word more. We want to experience your peace, your love, your joy more. We want to see your miracles. We want to know more freedom. We want to see our friends and family know you, God. We want to see our friends and family healed, restored. God, we want to see life in our community. We want to see health in our community, God. But it all starts with knowing you and walking with you. So God, lead us in how to do that. Put people around us, Lord God. But we make a fresh commitment today, God, to follow you, to know you. 
You are our perfect Father in heaven, our Father who's looking for us, who's running towards us, who's wanting to embrace, restore, and celebrate with us, God. And we just are so thankful for your presence and your love you give us. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. God, I pray uh, for everyone holidaying or, or on holidays or over visiting, God, I pray that you bless their time. Bless their families, bless their holiday, bless the days off, Lord God. I pray that it will be full of joy and peace and everyone will grow together, Lord God. And I pray for this next week, Lord God, that we'd know you, we'd know your love, we experience your joy, your peace and hope. And God, as we go today, as we have coffee, as we catch up, help us to bring life one another, bring joy and bless this week as we go. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, bless you. Have an amazing week. Uh, we got a special son, the next one. Our Drossel's coming down, lunch after, come along and uh, have an amazing week, guys. Bless you.